loving God, the one infinite creator, you desire to experience you, yourself and we are here as you experiencing this life. And this life is blessed as well as it's all blessed, but it's also sometimes emotionally difficult. And even in those times of living in the liminal space, we can be grateful because if we trust our great moments of great love and great suffering, we always see how they bring us to a little bit of a higher way to understand things, a more expansive way. So even in the times of difficulty, we can be grateful because we trust the pattern of loss and renewal or the little deaths in our lives that lead to little resurrections. And it's not just about our lives, it's about you living in and through and as us experiencing all of this. And so tonight we hope that our conversation can also bear fruit, help us to understand a little bit more about the transformative nature of spirit. Amen. Cool. Well, welcome everybody. It's great to see great to see people here. Um, we're gonna <clears throat> begin where we left off last time. And uh, if you'll recall, last time we spoke about the we started to introduce the spiritual archetypes of the law of one. And and today we're really gonna just kind of we're not going to dive into each card, each each one, not card, but each one of the images. Um, we're going to do that at a different time. And we're going to start with the matrix of the mind and go all the way through. But we're wrapping up tonight with an overview um, of the archetypes of the spirit. And I think it's important to have an overview first and then kind of diving in um, to the particulars. But the overview is similar to like seeing a map. And I'm not saying that this particular map is the best version out there or um, even totally correct. It might be equivalent of a map of like the 1400s uh, trying to understand the, no, I guess the 1500s or 1600s trying to understand the whole continent of America um, or North America. but. <clears throat> so there's a lot of going to be some things that may not be perfectly clear, but hopefully we can get a sense perhaps of the uh, spirit behind the spirits, uh, the archetypes of the spirit. So that's kind of what we're going to be looking at today. And hopefully if you have any comments or questions or anything you want to chime in, that you'll just do that. Um, if you recall, last time we talked about how this uh, journey has three main phases. And the first phase I've called is the old room. Um, the old room is 
the status quo of where we are at in our lives right now. It could be just kind of how things are before, um, well, just kind of how things are right now. And it could include positive things, but it could also include uh, maybe addictions that we have that we're trying to start thinking about. Um, it could be a lot of different things, but the old room is the room that we're comfortable in, even if we're not quite comfortable. It's that whole, uh, there's a saying, it's better the devil you know than the devil you don't know kind of thing. But anyways, that's the old room. And then we have liminal space. And liminal space is that hallway that I've put between the old room and the new room, which is actually the third area of this uh, particular image. But the liminal space, the second area, is, is a much narrower place in between those two rooms. And there's a lot of pressure there. It's a pressure cooker. Um, we leave the old room. Sometimes we're kicked out of the old room. So, for example, in some of my clients that I've had in counseling in my own life, uh, when I've gone through some of these transitions that felt uh, forced upon me, but things like a breakup. Some of the clients may say that they've, they never would have chosen a breakup, but it happened. So they get forced out into an old room, or the, forced out of the old room. Or I may have people in my life, personal life or professional life, who, uh, well, my own story too, is the belief systems or the particular, yeah, theological or even political understandings of our families of origin they just don't feed us anymore. Um, and so we start to take a journey. And that journey is liminal space. And it's always a place of unknown. You know, we, we can't map it out. And uh, the way I think of it is it's not, it, it may feel like a dark night of the soul. But really, it's actually luminous and so bright. Uh, because... <clears throat> It is full of infinite possibilities, but we just can't see things yet because our eyes aren't adjusted. Our spiritual eyes aren't adjusted to the luminosity of the liminal space. So it takes a lot of time just to sit in that place. And the pressure of love, great love and great suffering can feel overwhelming sometimes. But that is the one place of growth. And transformation and all of this is important because I think that's actually the essence of the spiritual archetypes that Ra talks about but eventually if you if we hang out and learn to live in liminal space uh, with a degree of integrity and temperance um, and patience then we live into a new room and the new room is is kind of a, a new order of consciousness that we might enjoy a more expansive seeing um, the new room is nothing that we could force to happen or choose to happen um, because there's no non-stop flight between the old room and the new room you have to go through liminal space you have to go through the crucifixions to get to the resurrections, if you will. 
So the new room is the place of transformation um, and it takes a while to get adjusted to that as well. And um, that overall is kind of a the transformative journey. Of course, then it cycles back and we go back. The new room becomes a new old room. And then we move again through liminal space uh, into another new new room. So if you have that overview, um, <clears throat> the, if you recall, we talked about having the significator of mind being on top of an iceberg. The significator of mind is the archetype, is the self that makes choices, conscious choices about how uh, what to seek and why to seek and what will you do once you are finding what you're seeking, you see? Um, so the significator of mind is, is that's your self at the conscious level, but then there's all kinds of things that come through the deep unconscious and the uh, subconscious right below the conscious level and then getting into the matrix, which is the first level of conscious mind. And then that informs the significator of mind. And the significator of mind, of course, is the one that makes meaning of it all. Uh, and so as we see here in this image that the significator of mind is starting out in the old room and it's going to be moving forward through liminal space and into the new room. So that's sort of the trajectory. And the matrix of spirit. So now we're going to jump into the first archetype uh, of the spirit, the matrix of spirit. And uh, again, these are my interpretations after doing lots of study and reading uh, the law of one. And, and also it's looking at the perennial philosophy or per perennial tradition of most spiritual traditions will, will actually be laying out the same thing which shouldn't surprise us, of course, because if something is true, capital T, then it should be found uh, in other places. So anyways, um, the matrix of spirit, I, the subtitle I've put here is the call to leave Eden, the call to leave the old room. The matrix of all of these uh, archetypes are very, very important, but the matrix of mind is, um, it does feel like a darkness and Ra calls it the deepest darkness, primeval darkness. Uh, it doesn't have characteristics of dynamic motion. It's almost as if something descends upon you and you feel like you're being ushered into something different or new, but you have no idea what that's going to be. Um, from a, a Christian mythos point of view, this would be something similar perhaps to um, the story of Mary being told that she would have Jesus as a baby, but without the father. And this sense of, okay, something's happening to me. I don't know what it is, and I have no idea where I'm going to go with that. Um, it's, it is a, it's the beginning stage of a spiritual transformation, is this darkness, and it's necessary. And the dark, I, I've entitled another 
as you can see on the image, another subtitle is The Darkness of Walking Your Own Path. So, for example, if one is, I remember when I left for Nicaragua um, to spend two years there as a volunteer, nobody in my family thought it was a good idea. Only my couple of my friends did because they knew how crazy I was. <laughs> but uh, nobody I knew really, some people supported me, but they just, why would you want to do that? That's just so off the path, uh, whatever the path is supposed to be. And of course, if you're, you know, part of building forth here is all of us, I'm sure, have experienced this. Every one of us in our lives have experienced times when we've moved in different directions from uh, what we're, quote, supposed to do or the normal path laid out by the family of origin. And um, Ross says that the melody of the matrix can seem to be negative or evil because of the bonds or thoughts and opinions of others hold less sway over a person. And that's an interesting thing because, for example, if you're starting to change a little bit and you don't know quite yet how to articulate it, but whatever old room things stop making so much sense and you have doubts or questions and then you may talk to somebody who is in your life, but very much at home in the old room. They don't think it's an old room. Um, <clears throat> and you start to talk in certain ways. They might look at you and they might think you're a heretic or you're crazy or they become worried about you. Um, there's a sense from, from them that maybe there's something wrong going on. Now, sometimes there is, so I'm not saying this is always the case, but in your heart of hearts, if you know that you're following something, but you can't articulate where this call is coming from, nor can you fully articulate why you don't want to stay in the old room, that quote melody of the matrix can seem negative or evil. And also you're less at that at you start out in the matrix to be less susceptible or uh, to needing other people to understand you. Uh, it's not that your bonds of love of other people diminish, but rather the bonds, thoughts, and opinions of others hold less power. Uh, because there's something that you're trusting in the darkness. So that's the matrix of spirit. Then we have the potentiator of spirit. And this would be uh, inspiration or the muse, a muse in your life. Um, an anima or an animus. And uh, it's characterized by a lightning strike. So sometimes we've had maybe a singular spiritual moment that was almost like a lightning strike that kind of blows you apart, blows the old, blows you right out of the old room. <laughs> or 
Or sometimes it's you sit in the darkness long enough and then all of a sudden you may have a moment where the, the veil parts, the clouds part for a second and you see um, with clarity just how far you've gone and also that it's moving somewhere beautiful even though you can't articulate it but you see something clear like hindsight 2020 um, and you can see why you went through the darkness and then you're having a moment of intense um, can be a transcendent moment but it's usually a moment of feeling held by something larger than you and it's also inspirational so i think people who are artists would be very comfortable with this kind of understanding but certainly don't have to be an artist to have had the potentiator of the spirit sort of strike strike you the lightning strike you of inspiration um Ra talks about how the all of the archetypes of the spirit don't have so much the characteristics of dynamic motion. Well, at least these two, the, the matrix and the potentiator, don't have characteristics of dynamic motion as much as it is darkness and then light. Uh, the darkness of the matrix and then the turning on the lights for the potentiator and then turning them off again really quick. But you can't unknow what you know through the potentiator. So it's, it's a little nudge, okay? And uh, it feels like it's done to you. The pa it, it can be passive. In the sense, it's passive. I mean, the, the matrix, I'm sorry, the potentiator is not passive in that it comes to you, but you are passive. Uh, it, you are the receiver of this. So other words would be sudden inspiration, numinosity, illumination, and Ra calls it uh, something like the fructifying light, the light that bears fruit. Um, that's a beautiful term, the, the fruit-bearing light in our lives. Uh, and <clears throat> for example, uh, we are also in this, in our community, interested in dream analysis. Of course, Troy is a, an expert in this, and some of us have gotten to be pretty good at it. And uh, in the dream world, for example, you and I will often be visited by an anima or an animus. Uh, traditionally, uh, if, if you're a biological male, then it's said that the anima would come, which is a female. And a biological female, it's the animus, a male, would come. I, I think that that is, um, it's been true for me. But I don't think that's true for everybody uh, at all. In general, though, you, you'll have a certain figure in a dream who is alluring you into something, wants to show you something. Um, sometimes it can be of a sexual nature. Uh, and it's always meant to intrigue you so you remember it because whatever that character is the whether an anima or an animus is a character that's trying to show you the next steps spiritual steps on your journey because the unconscious speaks in symbols and the conscious has to de decipher them
but the anima or animus can be kind of a potentiator. It potentiates you, the siren call, come, come here, let's go this way. And then when you can uncover what they're holding or hiding or the door behind the, that character, then we can start to see the next steps that our perhaps higher self is trying to teach us in the journey. And Ra does say that uh, as one becomes more able to um, remember your dreams and work within the dreams, or use the dreams to understand our inner lives more, one can polarize pretty quickly, or a lot more quickly. It, it is a great tool for polarization, Ra talks about. And then finally, actually, dreams themselves um, can be vehicles in which a person can do um, work in time space in the astral plane while the body is asleep. But that's that's a different area. I just took us to a tangent. <laughs> uh, but I do want to bring it back and say that the potentiate of the spirit is that which potentiates um, us to move into liminal space and out of the old room. Okay. Uh, then we have the catalyst of the spirit. And boy, did this take me a while to kind of really suss out what I think Ra is saying. They're never very clear about um, the spiritual archetypes, at least in some of them. Or to my mind, they're not so much. But I really do think that this is what they're saying. Um, the catalyst of spirit is unlike... Now, this is very important. It's unlike the catalyst of the mind. Remember, the catalyst of the mind is something that is uh, that, that we are assaulted by, let's say, um, and of the senses. And then we use those things. It's almost like it's, it, something happens to us or we think a thought, so it's coming from the unconscious. And then we make a decision on um, what we're going to do with that. So, for example, if my cat is scratching at the door, um, I'm going to make a decision using my significator. It's going to come all the way up to the matrix from the unconscious and then significator. And I'm going to go open the door. That's so the catalyst helped me to make a decision. But the catalyst of spirit is is it, it, it's similar in some senses, but it, it is really um, distinct, I think. And that is its faith and hope. The catalyst of the spirit is faith and hope. Uh, or you could say faith and will. Because Rob really does talk a lot about the, the will and faith. Catalyst of the spirit is the matrix, I'm sorry, the, the catalyst of the spirit is where you as the significator of mind, remember that's the self that makes meaning of things, makes a conscious decision to have faith in something. And that that actually catalyzes the spirit to move forward. So, um, it is the darkness of walking our own path. It is 
always a sense of um, being naked and vulnerable. Faith is is faith of the type that Ra's talking about is a, is a type of faith where, and, and if you look at the car, the the image, and we will at some other point, it's a it's a male figure, so the male principle who is knelt down in kind of a humble kneeling and is naked and very vulnerable. So um, because we don't have perfect vision here under the veil on, uh, it is as if we're walking in darkness and it does feel naked and it is vulnerable. Um, and the catalyst of spirit is active in the darkness. And so we're choosing faith. And Ra says that we humans will sometimes conflate the word hope with faith. They prefer the word faith. I'm thinking that that's probably a pretty good word, faith, but I think it's also okay to say hope. The sense that there's hope, I'm, that I'm traveling forward even though I don't know exactly where I'm going, but I am moving forward. I have made decisions. I have left the old room. I know I'm walking in darkness. I know people don't understand me, but not only am I going forward, I'm actually quickening the pace because I have faith in the light of the potentiator which is bearing fruit. And the bearing fruit is me having faith walking forward. And <clears throat> it's Raw talks about walking forward as, 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 as if a candle is in front of us. You know, picture like a dark cavern <laughs> and you're walking with just a candle in front of you. Um, barely able to light your way, but you're trusting that this is the way. And it is um, the catalyst of spirit when we have this kind of faith. It can be, it can help us. It's also in darkness because it helps us to continue to choose faith and to strengthen our will to continue to walk forward. But as I said, it's not understood by others and other people will actually see it as perhaps a disassociation from others or a disassociation from the faith that you are, quote, supposed to have. Uh, and if a person is on the negative path, then that is true disassociation from others. In other words, the negative path is one in which um, it's a faith journey uh, whose, I guess, melody would be disharmony and the perversions of, of, the, of nature um, and, tr and true desire to be disassociated from all others. And th th so that's that same faith, but you still have to have faith in your path. For the positive person it is a disassociation and others may think it's evil as i said but the disassociation is actually a disassociation with the stench of distortions or misrepresentations that get in the way of seeing the unity and union now 
I wrote stench down there because they they say a word something like miasma. I can't remember like disassociation with the miasma of distortions. So perhaps that should have left that word in there. It's a pretty good one. But I looked it up because I didn't know, and it meant stench, which I thought was kind of funny, so I put it in there. <laughs> um, but I, I think that it's a bit poetic because the more you move in a faith journey with an open more open heart even though you look like you're choosing a dark path because others do not understand you um simultaneously if you keep walking on this faith journey and it results in an opening of the heart more and more honest communication not honest that you were telling lies before, but more honest because you actually know yourself better. And so when you are communicating your inner world to somebody else or seeing the world and trying to communicate in some way, it's coming from an honest place that is grounded in, in a, a greater seeing of your own shadow and light. So it's a disassociation with the problems and the distortions and the misrepresentations that either you yourself have, I have, or um, other people have the ones that might be saying that you're wrong. You can look at them with greater holistic love and you're disassociating with their blockages, which may mean you don't argue anymore because that doesn't work. Or maybe might even mean you end a relationship, a romantic relationship, because the blockages are, are pretty great and you finally realize you don't have to be a martyr or something like that. Um, but at the same time, you can love them even more. You can respect them even more. <laughs> they won't see it that way and you don't have to make them see it that way. But... It is when, when one walks in this journey, this dark journey of faith and the catalyst of the Spirit, and you're choosing hope, um, it will bear fruit if you start to feel greater ability to see union and unity everywhere, both inside yourself and yourself with others and others with create others with you, and then also creation in general. So as you can see, though, I did put in this image hope as um, kind of right in the middle of the new room. But I've blacked out the new room and I've blacked out the liminal space hallway between the old room and new room because that's the journey of darkness. Um, but there's this heart knowing, perhaps it's even indigo ray knowing that there is far-seeing, you can almost have a far-seeing vision of something um, in the future that's pulling you like a magnet towards it, and it feels joyful. Uh, it's, 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 it has the residue of the inspiration, the, the potentiator of spirit. It has that residue. It's almost like the, the afterburn of the lightning. You, you see it off in the distance. Um, hope. So that's the catalyst of spirit. But it's it, faith and and hope is is 
a perfect blend of the known, you know your own path, but it's also a blend of the unknown. And so you, we learn to hold those in tension. Um, after the catalyst of spirit, the next archetype is the catalyst is the experience of spirit. And uh, Ra says that I'll I'll read something directly from the um, law of one, but the the experience of spirit, at least to my understanding, is kind of how we understand our journey so far. Um. For example, if you are able now to look over your life in the past and you can kind of get a sense that whatever happened there has brought me here and I have a better sense of who I am to some degree and I'm traveling forward, an inner landscape begins to take shape. Um, and we can't see perfectly clear this inner landscape, nor do we have... Uh, very few people would have a, a total assurity that what we see in the inner landscape is exactly how it is. Ross says that by far, um, well, I'll just read this. Uh, the experience of the spirit, that which you have called the moon, is then by far the more manifest of influences upon the polarity of the adept. Even the most unhappy of experiences, shall we say, which seem to occur in the catalyst of the adept, seen from the viewpoint of the spirit, may, with a discrimination possible in shadow, be worked with until the light equaling the light of the brightest noon descends upon the adept in positive or, adept in positive or service to self others, illumination has occurred. The service to self-adept will satisfy itself with the shadows and grasping the light of day will toss back the head in grim laughter, preferring the darkness. Um, does anybody have any thoughts on this one so far? I'm going to describe it a little bit more, but I, I, I want to weigh in and see if anybody... Um, the, one of the things that I think Ross saying here is that even the most unhappy of experiences, which seem to occur in the catalyst of the adept, that catalyst is not the catalyst of spirit. That catalyst is the catalyst of mind. So if something really negative happens to us, and we feel it's negative in the mind. Um, when we can see from the see that negative thing from the viewpoint of the spirit, that uh, and and again, it's informed by the polarity we've chosen, and the faith that we have, and the faith in our journey. When we can see whatever catalyst is happening to us from the viewpoint of the spirit. We can work with it with discrimination. Um, discrimination seeing that, uh, you know, I've had some bad things in my life in the past, but they really brought me into good places now. Um, I'm going to trust this journey. 
even the negative ones. And so, uh, <clears throat> and at some point, you probably have had this experience, I know I have, is that when you've gone through something like that, and then you arrive into an aha, this is why. Oh my gosh, it makes sense now. I feel so much freer now. And then you almost turn around and this, this idea of the hindsight, 50, 2020 hindsight, it it looks like the light, the, the brightest sun is now shining over your past because everything to you seems so clear as to what brought you here right now. And maybe for a moment, you even have a sense of where you're going. Um, and you can still have this noon type feeling for a while. Uh, perhaps permanently. I think the more we trust this journey, the more permanent not only is the sun, but also um, less and less of the darkness that we would have. But there's all there's usually almost always going to be some level of the shadow and the moon. And so the moon uh, is this experience of the spirit. It can deceive as well as uncover. Uh, just for an example, I'm a little biased on this particular piece, but you might have people within the disclosure community, for example, who are absolutely positive that certain things are happening. Um, they're reading the si signs of the times and there's a way in which they might be reacting in the desire to awaken humanity, but it might be that what they're feeling is completely clear within the scope of their own dark experience of the spirit, okay, the, the lunar landscape that they have inside them, they may see something what they think it's clear and true. But Ross says that um, the darkness of the experience of the spirit of the moon light may well deceive. And so what we have to do is kind of have faith based upon our polarity, the polarity we've chosen and have faith that we're moving forward in our polarity. And if it results in a greater sense of self-awareness, less scapegoating, um, more love, more acceptance, and more forgiveness, then we may be onto something. We may, ha we may have uncovered something in, in the lunar landscape or the, the dark night with just the moon above us. We may have un uncovered something that is true, but it could also a lot of times be false. So we have to work with it with discrimination, as Ra was saying. And we do that through trusting our path, looking back, seeing the light, as well as um, having more faith and more hope. And that's the weird thing about this is that the more faith and more hope you have and the will to seek, you just got to keep seeking. The more faith you have, the more will to seek you have actually results in greater faith and even stronger will. Uh, it, you just keep on moving forward more quickly.
because that's the nature of spirit. It, all entities seek to become one, and the stronger we seek, the more uh, oneing happens. <laughs> okay, um, we then move to the significator of the spirit. Oops. The significator of the spirit, <clears throat> Ross says, is a, quote, living entity which radiates or absorbs. So this is you and I. Uh, your significator of spirit is that um, metaphysical reality that if we're on the positive path, you are radiating light. There's a real strong luminosity happening. If someone is on the negative path, then they're not radiating their light. They're actually absorbing the light because that's how the polarities work metaphysically. It's, it's the positive and negative, um, like in electromagnetic uh, ways that the negative absorbs. So almost like a black hole. And I don't know if you've had that experience in your life where you've been around somebody um, who their presence is something that you feel emotionally drained afterwards um, to, to not just emotionally drained, but there's a sense of like despair or, or having lost a bit of yourself in their presence. Um, can be a cold feeling. That's why a lot of times people will talk about the demonics as having a presence of coldness in the room or something like that. Yeah. So that would be the sense of absorbing. So I'm going to read a few points from the Law of One verbatim. Uh, some I'll be using the word wanderers a couple of times, and I might use the word fifth density a couple of times. And these, is, these are just verbatim stuff from Ra, but you can get a sense um, that it works here in third density for anyone. So 65.11, the aim of wanderers is that their vibratory patterns might lighten the planetary vibration as a whole, thus ameliorating the effects of planetary disharmony and palliating any results of this disharmony. This uh, idea of the radiating spirit of you simply radiating and you don't even have to try. The more positive you are, the more incongruent, more congruent we are with our polarity and the more faith and will and all of this keeps on growing, the more luminosity and love we radiate. And that not only can lighten the planetary vibration, but also helps to heal, palliating any results of disharmony. So that's, that's beautiful. 65.12, um, wanderers serve as, shall we say, passive radiators or broadcasters of love and love light are immense. Um, so you might even have met people like that where they may not even be all of that. They may not have a professed spirituality or maybe it's not that important to them, but yet when you're with them, you yourself almost get infected by a joy and an authenticity 
Uh, there's something stirring inside you that invites you to be to be more to become who you are at a deeper level uh, the um, hebrew scripture says i think it's the psalm somewhere deep calls unto deep yes okay 97.16 the left hand path attempts to absorb the power of the spirit and point it for its use alone uh, 48.6 in fifth density negative service to self has become extremely intense and the self has shrunk or compacted so that the dialogues with the teach learners are used exclusively in order to intensify wisdom so you almost get a sense of like a fifth density negative um, entity as being kind of like a a, a black hole <laughs> in a sense. And um, it, it's just cold, calculated and extraordinarily cruel wisdom with zero mercy or compassion. And then lastly, 25.11, the fifth density negative is extraordinarily compacted and separated from all else. So very few people, I think third density negatives would be so negative as to um, kind of have this this kind of effect as, as to almost be a black hole but perhaps there are some but the idea is that the negative path is the absorbent and the positive path is radiant and that's the significator um, yeah now we move to the transformation of spirit so this is the sixth archetype of the spirit and the transformation of the spirit is Trusting the pattern of loss and renewal. Having gratitude even in times of struggle. And as we said before, the new room becomes the new old room. The cycle of evolution continues. And the byproduct of this is greater will and faith. Because it's not only will and faith that gets you from the old room into liminal space and then get you through liminal space into the new room. Once you do that, your will and faith are strengthened. So then you march right back to a new old room, this time with greater clarity, greater vision, hopefully greater love and holistic seeing and living in the world. And this spurs on greater will and faith. It's just so good. You want more. But it's not a wanting and a desiring um, in the sense of like the old definition of lust, uh, of desiring for, for that kind of thing. It's more of, um, it's, I think it's the creator's own life inside you yearning for greater unity with all things even though the creator is all things and in all things and is all things yeah um the manifested world responds to the original desire like that's what gets us striving and we have this will and faith to keep moving forward and into greater gnosis of a unit of consciousness 
So one of the important things too that I've learned from friends like our people like Richard Rohr and other um, great spiritual teachers is this idea that the journey of the spirit, <clears throat> the transformation of the spirit is always three steps forward, two steps back, three steps forward, and then two steps back. And as you can see, you move forward. And then when you go back, the two steps back can often feel like, oh my God, I have to go all the way back. Like I'm at the very beginning. Like I didn't learn anything. It might feel like that at the moment because maybe you're entering into another matrix of the spirit, blackness. So it feels like, oh God, everything's black again. But the actual metaphysical truth is, is that you have done a lot of progress. So that two steps forward, uh, two steps back rather, serves a purpose in a sense, if you will, to if you can vision this way, to get your feet back on the ground so you can crouch down and then spring forward again, flying in the air as you as you move through liminal space and into the new room. But then eventually you have to land and then you crouch and you spring forward and it's a constant moving upwards, upwards, upwards with more um, open heartedness and clarity. So it, it kind of looks like this. If you look at the different chakra systems and you can envision a spiral that starts in red and goes through orange and yellow and green and blue and uh, indigo and violet all the way through greater and greater um, widths as it gets higher, if you will. It's not really higher as much as it is uh, more expansive and um, spacious seeing and living. But our little uh, image down here at the bottom of the old room and liminal space and new room kind of crawls up like a turtle, <laughs> as you can see that I've got it here. And, and so it's moving forward all the way through. So you can kind of see that. Um, I don't know how great that image is, but one tries. And then uh, lastly, and we have just a couple more minutes, but I'll introduce this one. This is beautiful. The last archetype of the spirit is called the great way of the spirit. And you know, I couldn't get any better than the, the image itself that, that Ra gave us. Um, Again, we will go through the different images in depth at some point in the future. But as you can see this one here, um, we have a female, so it's a female principal, who is hands are at the ready to pluck the strings on this strange looking guitar and the guitar itself is masculine. Can you see that? The masculine head there. Uh, so we have the female is going to potentiate um, playing and the masculine is going to be the instrument played. But nothing's going to happen. Um, well, let's say it this way the way the potentiator will potentiate the 
the guitar, the masculine, the matrix, is through the will of the infinite creator. So the adept, the positive adept, becomes, if you will, uh, a stringed instrument <laughs> that will be played by the infinite creator uh, to sound the melody of love and light into the world. So I'll read verbatim and then we'll close out with a prayer. In the balanced individual, the energies lie waiting for the hand of the creator to pluck harmony. That's from 54. Point sixteen. Another one is, uh, this is a reference, so I, these are my words. Um, reference is uh, 80.21. One may see in the reflection of this archetype the contact of intelligent infinity and intelligent energy, which is the universe. So uh, the point there is when someone is in, is really balanced and crystallized um, this particular image is contacting intelligent infinity it's it's coming straight in and down and through you quote we have discussed the possibilities of contact with intelligent energy for this energy is the energy of the logos and thus it is the energy which heals builds removes, destroys, and transforms all other selves as well as the self. The contact with intelligent infinity is most likely to produce an unspeakable joy in the entity experiencing such contact. So this is, this would be the, this would be times in your life when you feel you are being used. The words are coming out of your mouth and you know they're not your words because the, because what is being said couldn't be consciously thought of you and whomever's receiving it is receiving it and being transformed. And all your, even though you're being used by the infinite creator at that moment, uh, you, you really do feel like an instrument plucking the harmony of love and light and, it, and there's a transformation that's happening and you're, and you're just kind of witnessing it as it's you, but it's also something that transcends you and inside you and coming through you. So that's sort of the, the great way of the spirit is all of the archetypes of the spirit kind of wrapped into one in, 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 in summary form. So that's it. Um, that's the overall, that's the view, the, the map, the overview of the archetypes of the spirit. And does anybody have any thoughts or reactions? Well, I was thoroughly focused and enjoyed every slide tonight and could um what's a good word well resonate or relate to every single slide of personally more or less i guess would be a way to put it but i guess an experience in my experiences so i appreciate always appreciate your time and effort and especially your explanations tonight and sharing this with us <laughs> you're welcome i'm glad barbara that that uh, touched you in some way and 
Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I don't think that the archetypes are, should be mysterious, to be honest. I think it's things that we already know pretty well, just never really, uh, we know it from our own experience. We know it from our own spiritual um, teachings in, in our lives. But uh, Ra gives us very, very concrete ways to understand this. And so once we can get a map of it, then we can kind of go into each one of them and and have um, some sense of where things are going. It can make sense a little bit more of the images. But yeah, it's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, the journey's the journey, and including the three steps forward and two steps back. <laughs> and 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 dang it, we got to be grateful. <laughs> yeah, good. Well, thank you uh, so much for your presence. It's always such a joy to connect with with you. And would anybody feel um, called to close this out tonight? I'm sending the potentiators of spirits to people. <laughs> I will. Ah. Uh, now I'm up closer, so my camera's off, so I'm sorry. But, um, <clears throat> okay, let's just uh, close our eyes and uh, take in a few deep breaths. We thank the infinite creator tonight for bringing us together. for sharing this information with all of us to help us in our journey and our evolution. I ask you to awaken us to the oneness of all things, to the beauty and truth of unity. May we become aware of the interdependence of all living things and come to know you and everything and all things in you. For as we attune to your presence within us, we know not separation and joy becomes our dwelling place. Amen.